0: y'all. Thank y'all so much. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank God our Redeemer lives. Yeah, y'all go ahead and while Children's Church is making their way to the back, uh, if you would take your copy of God's Word and turn to the Old Testament book of Genesis right in the front of your Bible, Genesis chapter 15, find verse 1. Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. Like We got a little bunch of bandits, don't we? Oh, me, I tell you what, that's all right, I'm grateful. There's the main bandit, Harrison, my boy right there. (laughs) That's old Joe Dirt right there, I don't know if y'all saw the pictures, that's Joe Dirt in the flesh. Uh, Anyhow, hey girls and guys, how y'all today? Good to see y'all this morning. Genesis chapter 15, we're going to read in just a moment. Um, I was thinking, and I shared earlier, I was thinking as i prepared to speak to you this week, probably... um, most of us would say we've seen a whole lot of political ads on TV and uh, whatever, you you know. I have even y'all getting these texts and stuff telling you to go vote and all kinds of stuff. I mean, you these know, really, I just, just all kind of, kind of bombarded. Does anybody feel like you bombarded a little bit? I mean, yeah, sure we are. And uh, a lot of different things being said and done, and it's, it's overwhelming, and I can understand that, and I'm sure you are too, and. You know, it's, I do agree, very important day in our country uh, here on Tuesday. I believe every American uh, that uh, is eligible should exercise the right to vote. I thank God for that. thank God to be born in America, don't you? I, I believe even with all of our problems, we're still the greatest nation on the face of this earth. And a lot of people just want to throw in the towel, but I'm going to keep believing and keep receiving and keep trusting and thank God just keep... Plowing away and plugging away till he calls us home but you know I've been told um, that by others that I not only have confidence in but have a great deal of respect for and I heard a lot of people say that probably one of the greatest problems in America today is that we have failed to realize recognize and respect the sovereignty of God and that's so true so true I mean there's a whole lot to be said for that and I believe for America to be restored, that's something that's going to have to happen. That no longer should we neglect uh, the realization of the sovereignty of God, but we should embrace it. He is sovereign. He is holy. He's in charge. And we're going to talk about that today. And we're going to find we're going to explore the thought today of the only hope for America. I would love to tell you that the hope for America is found in a political party. I'd love to be able to tell you that it may be in a political candidate but to be very honest with you as a follower of Jesus Christ with a biblical worldview which I think is very important as a follower of Jesus Christ that you would develop and keep and exhibit a biblical worldview that you would view everything that takes place in this world through the lens of Scripture you would realize that there is no hope for America apart from the Lord Jesus Christ and through God the Father. I believe that with all of my heart. And we're going to talk about that today. I'm going to share with you, hopefully, three portraits. I tried to do three in the first service. I only had two, but you know, um, I only got through two. But We'll try to catch all three. But um, nevertheless, regardless, I, I want to give you three portraits today of what I believe in the lives of men from the Old Testament that really begin to acknowledge God as the sovereign, controller, and Lord that he was the owner. We're going to talk about that, we're going to see what God has to say, and we're going to start with one of those portraits right here in Genesis chapter 15. If you found your place physically able, let's stand together in honor and reverence to God's Word, and let's read these six verses together. If we look at this first picture, I believe with all of my heart, what brings hope, not just for America, but for the entire world. It's what the Bible says. It says, After these things the word of the Lord came to Abram, in a vision saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me seeing I go childless and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. Then Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring indeed. One born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, This one shall uh, shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars, and if you are able to number them, and he said to them, So shall your descendants be. Verse 6 says, And he, speaking of Abram, he believed in the Lord, he believed that he accounted it to him for righteousness. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray your blessing be added to the reading of your word may we receive and respond that which you have sent for us today and god may we do all that we can to bring you glory and may we do above and beyond our own abilities as we go forward in your grace and point souls to you and believe that you are our only hope pray in jesus name amen and amen thank you you can be seen you know the bible gives us many different names for god which reveal his character in scripture We're familiar with several of them. We're familiar with the name Elohim, which is used in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God, the word for God is Elohim, uh, because that teaches us that he is our creator. We're familiar with names like El Elyon, which reminds us that he is our most high God. We're familiar with names like Jehovah Jireh, which reminds us that he is our provider. Names like Jehovah Rapha, which remind us that he is our healer. names like Jehovah Nisi, which remind us that he is our banner probably of all the names for God my favorite name for him is the name Adonai I believe in that name for God is contained the real hope for America today I believe that it is a greater hope than we will find in anything under the Sun and in this name we learn so much about the character of God that it really ought to draw us closer to Him and ought to compel us to serve Him with greater fervency in the days ahead than we have in the days behind. The name Adonai is used 300 times in the Old Testament. Now, I've always thought anytime somebody said something 300 times, it meant something, right? 300 times this name is used, and it is a plural name just as the name Elohim is plural. See, the name Adonai and Elohim, both of those names occur in plural for two reasons. And you say, what does that have to matter, you know, language and things like that? It has everything to do with it. It unlocks the real meaning of it all. So here's what we know about that. It's plural for two reasons. The first reason is because God is one God, but he's plural because he exists in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost also the use of the name in plural for Adonai is used to enhance and exalt the awesome majesty of our God it's not just to let us know how he exists but why he exists and the plural use of Adonai offers uh, a challenge to followers of God to recognize his lordship in our lives and as I told you we're gonna look at three biblical portraits and the first one is right here from Genesis chapter 15 this biblical portrait is the one of simply ownership or you could also insert the word Lordship it means the same thing and we see it in the life of Abram see the primary significance of the name Adonai is that of ownership and the truth is is that God is the rightful owner of every member of the human family and thus can rightly require our worship and obedience. He has the authority to do that, especially for the body of Christ because he has purchased us with the precious blood of his son and he has the right to require worship and obedience on our part toward him. Now, many times in our rebellion that doesn't happen, but it is something that God does require especially those that follow him. See, when God is referred to in Scripture as Adonai, he is seen as the owner of our heart and our mind, our body, our soul, our entire life. Psalm 97.5 says that God is the Lord, Adonai is the word for Lord in that verse, of the whole earth. See, he is not only creator, Elohim, but he is also owner, Adonai, of his creation. And he reveals his ownership through his word. In Psalm chapter 50, verses 10, 11, and 12, here's what the word says. It says, For every beast of the field is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. I once heard this guy say one time, he said, I love the Lord, and my father owns it all, and he owns the cat of nine tails. And you know what he does, but he also owns the cattle of a thousand hills. This is what he goes on to say. He says, I know all the birds of the mountains and the wild beasts of the fields are mine. And here's what the Lord said, if I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine in all of its fullness. What he says is, I don't need you, but I want you. And here's the thing, I don't need you, but you need me. That's what God is saying to us. See, lordship has a dual meaning that involves two words. It involves the word possession and it involves the word submission. On one hand, lordship means complete uh, possession by God. It means he is totally uh, possessing us. And on the other hand, it requires complete and total submission upon the part of those who call him lord there's a dual responsibility if you will god fully possesses us and he requires us to fully submit to him and when abram confessed yahweh as his lord here's what he was doing he was recognizing god's sovereign ownership but he was also recognizing his own personal submission not only does he own me but i willingly and gladly submit to him he had declared that god was owner and that abram was his to command as he desired you know sometimes even as blood but born-again children of god there are folks who struggle with the fact of that god owns us and that he requires our submission and that he has the right and authority to require us to do whatever he asks us to do and we should willingly do so but often there is a resistance And often, open rebellion against being submissive to the lordship of Jesus Christ. That's why Abram is such a wonderful example of one who did as God said. Now look here, even though when he struggled, he still followed God. Now, let's talk about that word possession. If we're going to understand ownership, we've got to understand that Adonai, our God, he retains possession of us. Now I want you to get what I'm about to say because I believe it's very important to you. I believe it will help you have the ability to experience abundant life in Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm grateful to God for eternal life, aren't you? I'm grateful that my eternity is not based on what I do. It's based on what He did. And I'm grateful that He loves us and He keeps us uh, and seals us with the Holy Spirit of promise. I'm grateful for that. But also want you to know that Jesus Himself said that He had come that we might have life and might have it more abundantly. God, God wants you as His child to enjoy abundant life on this side as we prepare for eternal life on the other side. Here's something Ken Hempfield said. He said the understanding that the Lord, that the Lord and Master owns everything, helps us keep life in perspective. I don't know about you, but I've been challenged, and I bet you have too, and many other Christians and pastors and leaders I've talked to during this time of pandemic have all been challenged about keeping perspective. It's very difficult because there's so many, it's like the news was changing so fast. The information was coming so rapidly. What was true one day was not true the next. What needed to be avoided yesterday didn't need to be avoided tomorrow. What didn't need to be avoided yesterday needed to be avoided tomorrow. It was just all this different stuff. And there was all these different opinions, right? And, and what happens is, is it causes us to lose perspective because if we're not careful, we'll forget that God is still in charge even though there's a whole lot of chaos going on around us. Back up with me just a minute if you would and think about what took place in Genesis chapter 12 and it sets the stage for what happened and we read Genesis 15. God promised Abraham something. And here's what God promised him. He promised him that he was going to make him a great nation and that that great nation would come through a child that would be given to him by God. But in chapter 15, something's happened. A little time has passed. Ten years have passed. And yet there is still no child. Now think about it for a minute. Abraham, or Abram at that point, he was already old when God first made the promise in Genesis 12. He's ten years further down the road. He still doesn't see anything. So he probably did what you and I do sometimes. Uh, God makes it clear to us. Maybe God makes it clear through a time of prayer and communication or seeking him. God answers and God makes it clear to us the direction that he is going to lead but he doesn't do it when we want him to. He doesn't do it on our timetable. He doesn't call and check things with our calendar. So here's what Abram did. He does what we do. He goes back to God and says, Hey, God, just want to let you know, you made me a promise 10 years ago, nothing's happened yet, and I'll just check him back to see uh, uh, what's the hold up, right? Sometimes we do that. But, notice, there's something that will really help you understand this, okay? in chapter 15 in the first two verses the word Lord appears and in those first two verses Abram uses two different words that translate Lord in our English language. The first word he uses if you'll notice is in verse one it's in all caps and that is the word Jehovah. he appears appeals to him as Jehovah in cha- in verse 1. But in verse 2, you'll notice where he writes to him, where he calls upon him as Lord. It is a capital L and little O-R-D, just only the L is capitalized. When you see that happen, and I don't know about all translations, but I know this New King James translation I'm reading from today, I understand that when the word Lord is in all caps, it is always referring to Jehovah, but when it is in a capital L and little O-R-D, it is a reference to Adonai. Isn't it amazing that he used two different names to call on God within the same two verses? See, he had heard what God had said. He had heard what he said when he revealed himself to him. He had heard God give him his plan of giving him a son of which there would be a a, a kingdom built. But Abram had not seen the fulfillment of God's promises yet, so now he takes it a step further and doesn't just appeal to him as Jehovah, but he appeals to God's character as Adonai, as the owner of his life. That's very important. See, even when there is a delay in receiving the promise from God, we must remember that God still has dominion over all of his servants and over all creation we don't like delays do we we don't do y'all know about two thursdays ago did anybody try to go west a couple of thursdays ago worked out real good for you didn't it? i mean we're in cleveland county alabama and we've got county road 18 shut down county highway 46 shut down they're working on bridges on i-20 and they decided to run some conduit up halfway mountain that's pretty awesome amen now, I don't know about who's planning that, and I didn't call anybody. I didn't complain. I just took another route because one thing about being a redneck, you know there's more one-way skin to skin the cat. So I choked to death on buttermilk, and I knew how to get around that stuff. Amen? So I figured all that, but I thought, well, I didn't complain. Didn't it? And this I'm glad somebody got it fixed. But my thing is, I don't know who does all this planting, but I'm telling you, that was a logistical nightmare. It shut down the greatest county in Alabama, Cleveland County. Y'all thinking, that probably wasn't nobody worried about that, and it appeared that they weren't. But I'm just telling you, when we see things like that happen, I mean, I was coming from, I was coming east, and from the top of the Mountain all the way to Jack's was backed up. I didn't know whether everybody wanted a hamburger or a biscuit or was just trying to get out of town. I didn't know if there was a bomb about to go off away, of But I knew that that delay was causing a lot of frustration. we don't like delays we don't like it when that happens but we're reminded that God still has authority and he still has dominion even when we are in a delay Adonai retains possession of us but notice the second thing here Adonai also requires submission from us as I told you there's twofold there is the uh, possession that he has and there's the submission that he requires See we understand that when we submit to something or someone we place ourselves under their authority. Very important. Submitting to the Lord means that we are no longer the master of our domain, but we trust ourselves totally and completely to His divine care. And can I tell you this? I've told my children this since they were little. I tell them this now that they're adults. I tell them this now as God is beginning to unfold and plan and, and, and work in their life and their adult life. I've told them since they were little girls, and they'll repeat it to me sometimes. I'll say, where's the safest place for you girls? They'll say, Daddy, the safest place for us under the sun is in the perfect will of God. That's it. That's the safest place you can ever be is in the perfect will of God. That doesn't mean you won't have physical danger. That doesn't mean you won't have lots of other dangers. But I'll tell you, if you're in the perfect will of God, you can stay right with him on this side. And when he calls you to the other side, it'll still be all right. And As a matter of fact, Paul said it gets better. Amen? It's important that you stay in the will of God. You're not the master of your domain. So why didn't God just go ahead and give Abram? The promise of a son why I mean think about it again the dude was old when he got the promise now he's older he still hasn't received a promise he's probably wondering is time running out what God's forgot me God's left me out God got busy with something else oh no but I want you to know that even though delay causes discouragement delay causes frustration we need to remember that God does not allow delay to come into our lives to discourage us. God allows delay to come into our lives to develop us. You know, I was talking about the traffic back up the other day. It reminded me because, you know, my, my um, 18 years in Egypt over there in Georgia, I, I had to go down I-75 on the north side of Atlanta all the time. And I used to say, the devil lives on that highway. I'm telling you, it was insane. I mean, it made things look really calm and cool and collective around here. But, I mean, I understood. I learned through those years. God taught me about delay. I mean, you know, when I came back here, I was used to having to wait through traffic lights. Like, the light would change green three or four times before I'd get through it. I'd done pretty good, you know. All of a sudden, around here, man, I'm just whipping around. I'm not waiting on nobody or nothing. It's pretty awesome. I like that. I I, I didn't miss the delays. But Tony Evans said this about delay he said God will often delay carrying out his promises until he sees a heart of surrendered submission it could be that God is not delivered on a promise maybe that even he has made to you simply because your heart has not developed surrender and submission to his perfect will he goes on to say this he said in fact submission to God As absolute ruler and master, submission to Him as Adonai can affect the timing of God's promises in your life. Submission also affects our communication with God and enhances our intimacy with Him. Sometimes the reason I believe we don't hear from God more than we do is simply because we don't talk to God more than we do. Amen? You know... (laughs) We've joked about it before, and I remind you, the man that told me once, his wife said, "You know, I'm worried my husband don't love me anymore." I said, "Well, how do you know he doesn't love you?" Well, he don't tell me. I said to the man, "said Well, do you not tell her you love her?" He said, "Yeah." I said, "When did you tell her?" He said, "I told her the day we got married. If anything changes, I'll let her know." I mean, (laughs) how long ago was that? Forty-eight years ago. Oh my gosh! But anyhow, yeah, that was a problem. Well, the problem, I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a counselor, really. I, I'm, just a, I'm just a born-again, blood-bought preacher of the gospel who really desires to help you walk with God. But I'm telling you, that was easy to diagnose right there because the problem was a lack of communication. Amen? You know, and, and the reason wasn't that was probably problems on both ends of that communication, but the fact of the matter is simply this. Your intimacy with God really matters, and a lot of it's based on just your willingness to talk to him and then let him talk to you, and you listen to what he says and do what he says. See, if we only acknowledge God as Jehovah without acknowledging him as Adonai, we miss out on the experiencing the full power of his lordship in our lives. Don't you want him to be lord of everything? Christ in you, the hope of glory? Don't you really want to see the power of God released in your life? Sure you do. But in order to experience all that God has, all that God can do as your ruler and master and owner of your life, you have to consciously and willingly surrender to Him. He must be in charge. He must call the shots. He must have the final say in all your decisions. That's when He becomes Adonai. See, many people want God to bless them. (laughs) They want God to take care of them. They want God to provide for their needs without giving Him the right to own them. God bless me. God take care of me. God provide for me. But when it comes down to my preferences or your principles, just stay out of my business. See, what we fail to understand is that God will not Disclose more of himself as Jehovah until we are willing to acknowledge him as Adonai, the owner, the one who's in charge. God help us today. A lot of Christians today that have been rescued from eternity in hell. This is really, really stirs my heart. Many people today walking the face of this earth, many people sitting in our church, many may be watching online that are children of God that have been rescued from eternity in hell. That when it comes to the direction of their life, they want to take that back. They want to take back ownership of their life. They just want enough of God to not have to spend eternity in hell. That's not what he's about. Hear me, friend. If you're truly a child of God, when you came to Christ, you died. Paul said it, Colossians chapter 3. Your life is now hidden in Christ. You're no longer for yourself. You're no longer doing your things. You're not the owner anymore. You're not in charge. You're, You're not calling the shots. You're not the owner, but you are the steward. Because the Lord is the owner of everything that exists. Nothing under the sun is not His. It's all His. So here's the question today. Don't you want God to use you? I hope so. I believe every Christian would say without any hesitation, yes, I want God to use me. And if you do, I I have a, a clear key for you. And the key is this. If you want God to use you, God must have the right to own you. And he also must have the right to own you if he's going to take responsibility for doing something in you and through you. It's been said that whatever great work God does through you, he must first do in you. You know that little chorus, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, sanctuary for you isn't it amazing how God wants to do those things and how all he wants to do through us he must first do in us and sometimes we may say I'm not seeing anything coming through me maybe it's because God's still trying to work it into us before he can work it out of us ownership let me look at your second picture if I can uh, a second picture is found in the story in Judges chapter 6 story of Gideon about relationship see if he's gonna be out Adonai he's gonna have to have ownership but he's also gonna have to have relationship with you see whenever we enter into relationship with him we discover our true purpose in life do you realize you know why a lot of people lack purpose in life because they've never entered into a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ who came to redeem us from our sins be our Lord and Savior see when we enter in that relationship we discover true purpose we in that is to simply serve and glorify him Thus when we call him Lord or Adonai, we must be prepared to serve him. Have you ever felt like maybe you're the last person on the planet that God would ever do anything with? Sure. Have you ever felt like sometimes I... I know how I can get God to leave me alone I'll just confess all of my personal inadequacies I'll tell him about all my limitations I'll let him in on stuff he don't already know about me and I'll just give him every excuse on the sun of why God can't use me well there's not a better picture of that in the Old Testament than our friend Gideon Judges chapter 6 you know the story if you don't I'll walk you through it simply Gideon was scared Gideon was afraid Gideon was hiding down in the wine press. When he's supposed to be in threshing grain on the hillside, he was down in a hole hiding out. While he was down there, he had a visit from the angel of the Lord. The angel Lord's come to him, and here's what the angel of the Lord said: He said, "The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor." Now look here, we're calling him a mighty man of valor, and he's scared to death hiding out from the Midianites because he don't want them to get him. Gideon basically said, "I can't do this. There's no way. I'm the least. I'm I'm the smallest. I'm the I'm the w- worst." But the Lord said in Judges 6, 16, He said, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. You know what he's telling him? Before the battle even starts, I've already told you, you're going to have victory. Isn't that amazing? Well, when we look at his life and we talk about the subject of relationship as acknowledging God is an Adonai, there's two things we've got to look at. The first is we must overcome rejection and oppression. I don't know about you. I don't like to be rejected, but it happens. I don't like to be oppressed by the devil, but it happens because he and I are not on the same team. He's my adversary. He's If you're a child of God, he's your adversary. He seeks to kill, steal, and destroy, and he's going to do whatever he can to try to depress you and oppress you, do anything he can to make you experience rejection, and that's exactly the tool he uses. See, God had promised to use Gideon, but he was a little hesitant to surrender. You might be here today. God is promising to use you. He's using this word. He's using the word of the Holy Spirit speaking into your life. He's letting you know he wants to use you, but you're resistant and you're hesitant and have all sorts of excuses. Just like Gideon. You might say, I'm too busy. I don't have time for anything else. If I do anything else, I don't know what I'm going to do. Let me just say this. If you're too busy to talk to God, you're too busy to worship God, and you're too busy to serve God, then you're just too busy with a lot of the wrong stuff. Hmm. Y'all glad you came to church today? Amen. Hey, look here. You know why I tell y'all stuff like that? Let me just say, you. you know why I tell you that? I don't tell you that because it sounds good. I don't tell you that for any other reason than I flat love you, and I don't want to see you live a life that is not bringing glory to God simply because you're either afraid or you're just overscheduled or you're just doing all this stuff that's just taken God and pushed him over here and said, I'll come get you when I got a problem. I don't want you to live like that. You know why? Because the God I serve, the God who called me, and the God who sent his son to die on the cross for the whole world doesn't want you to live like that because he paid too high a price for you to live a mediocre, run-of-the-mill, so-called Christian life in America which doesn't really resemble much of anything that we read about in the book of Acts. Nope, nope, nope. Okay. All right, moving on. Somebody said, "Amen." Here's another thing. If we're going to have the right relationship, we must be obedient regardless of the obstacles. (laughs) Gideon had a little obstacle, didn't he? He had a very large Midianite army that was much larger than his. He had 32,000 people, which seems like a pretty large army for that time, but it was very small compared to his, his, his adversary, the Midianites. But the Lord came to him and he said, you know what, you got said, I got 32,000. He said, you got too many. It don't make sense. Sometimes, you know, Miss Connie, uh, Brother Marty, sometimes when God leads us to do things that bring him the greatest glory, it just doesn't make any sense. What do you mean I got too many? Oh, you got too many. So through a series of tests, they whittled that army down, and they went all the way down from 32,000 to 300. Now, wait a minute. He's already taken on an army much larger than he is at 32,000, and now you're going to get me down to 300. How in the world is victory? You've already told me victory's coming. How's victory coming when it looks like I'm just going to be a sitting duck, like they're fixing to run over us? How is this going to happen? You know how it happened. It happened when they began to acknowledge God is Adonai. See, God can bring great victory with little when we acknowledge Him as Adonai. Here's something Tony Evans said. He said, when God is your Adonai, you'll see Him overcome the Midianites in your life. You'll watch Him overrule people who hold you down. He'll keep you from maximizing His call on your life and spiritual potential. He said, well, all of those walls will come down when you acknowledge Him as Adonai. But think about this. It's not just Him. We could go on and on and on about those that had to acknowledge this. We could go on about Isaiah. We could think about what happened to Him. You know what happened to Isaiah and Isaiah chapter 6 he he's in the in the house of the Lord and it's in the year that King Uzziah died and God begins to call him because listen to me many times God uses keys to our victory that are totally opposite of what we expect sometimes we can't see Adonai until he allows something to die in our circumstances and here's what he will do he will allow that thing He will allow that person, He will allow that idea that we depend on to lose its influence on us. And God allows things to take place wherein we can no longer depend upon that which we did. I don't know if that's ever happened to you in your Christian experience or your walk with God. If there have been times you're propped on stuff and you're propped up pretty good and you're feeling all right about that, you think you've kind of got things mapped out, and then all of a sudden God shows up and he turns your apple cart upside down and he changes everything about you. The best thing ever happened to me as a young pastor is I'd already built a house. I'd already got settled in. I thought, boy, this is just the way it's going to be. I have a little family settled. I was working and pastoring by vocationally. And the Lord came one day and got a hold of my heart, turned my apple cart upside down, and he changed every plan that I had, took every prop out from under me. You know why? Because he had to knock some rough edges off of me. I know what y'all are thinking. He didn't get them all. But Look here. In 18, He took me to Georgia for 18 years, and I'll tell you what. I met some of the meanest demon deacons you'll ever meet. I'm telling you, I met them. I mean, nose to nose, eyeball to eyeball. I met some wonderful people. I met some godly people. I met some people with and some people with were encouragers, and people with great passion for God. Don't get me wrong, but God took me through a series of things, took every prop out from under me because he said this, I can't use you fully until you fully belong to me. And through the 18-year period, he knocked all those rough edges off, and he returned me to, to home as a fully polished preacher, right? What, yeah, what are y'all laughing about? <laughs> no, I, I'm far from polished. I butcher the English language a lot and things like that, but I'll tell you this. <laughs> The the journey I went through was the best thing that ever happened. Boy, it made me uncomfortable. I didn't have any family. I didn't know anybody. Didn't have no grandparents. Didn't have nobody around to help with a doctor and the pickup line and the orthodontist and the dance classes and the tumbling. I mean, it was me, Angie, Caitlin, and Brooklyn, and Jesus. And you know what? We learned he's all we need. God is good, even when I'm not. (laughs) That 32,000 had to be whittled down to 300. But when they acknowledged him as Adonai, God brought great victory. Because listen to me, friends, and you never need to forget this. God can always do more with 300 that acknowledge him as Adonai than he can with 32,000 that only acknowledge him as Creator. God can do more with those that are small in number that know he's the owner than he can with a large number that want to do things their way. God must be owner and he must have a good relationship with his children. Here's the third picture and I'm done, okay? Third picture is that one of fellowship. If he's going to be out Adonai, if there's going to be hope for America, if there's going to be hope for you, if there's going to be hope for your house, if there's going to be hope for your, your, this church, if there's going to be hope for this community, here's the third picture, one of fellowship. This is one I didn't get to earlier, so y'all didn't get cheated, all right? It's, it's found in the prophet Jeremiah. When we read about the prophets in the Old Testament. We're sure to notice that they have a lot of interaction with God because they were totally dependent on him. We talked about when God called Uzziah, I mean excuse me, when God called Isaiah in the year that King Uzziah died. That King Uzziah was his hero. He was his friend. And what Isaiah needed is he needed a vision of the master. He needed not prop on Uzziah. He needed to, to learn to lean on the Lord. Well, the same thing is true when we see about Jeremiah. See, the call of Jeremiah in service was quite different. Jeremiah was a weak man kind of like Gideon he was one that has been spoken of by Bible teachers as being afraid of his own shadow he was referred to as the weeping prophet because he wept for the sins of the people so much he needed the same relationship with God that Isaiah had he needed a master but instead of needing to be broken as Isaiah did, he needed to be encouraged. See, some of you here today are stubborn and need to be broken. Some of you here are broken and you need to be encouraged. And I want you to know, regardless of where you are, God has the answer. Very important. Jeremiah chapter 1 describes for us the way God called and commissioned him to serve as a prophet. You know from Jeremiah 1.5, he told him, he said, I knew you forever, formed you in your mama's womb. He said, I knew you, and you know what? Before you ever were there, I'd sanctified you and I'd ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. Wow. Verses 4 and 5 of Jeremiah chapter 1 describe the works of God. uh, I mean, excuse me, the words that God spoke to Jeremiah as he called him. And God called him. He didn't call him out of a family or a bloodline of prophets. He was born into a family and a bloodline of priests. He could have had it made, he could have had an easy life, but God had called him to do something. It wasn't going to be easy. God wanted him to be a prophet. So when Jeremiah heard the call of God, he began to tell God why he couldn't do it. Here we go again. Verse 6. Then I said, Lord, behold, I cannot speak, for I am but a youth. And I tell you, that takes me back so much. When God called me to ministry, I knew very little about the Bible. You know what? I, I needed a little bit of what Isaiah got, I needed to be broken. But I also needed what Jeremiah got. I needed to be encouraged. After the Lord Jesus saved me as a young, I, I remember the clear day of the day I was saved. I was 10 years old. i never forget the day God saved me. But there was something that began to happen in my life as I got a little older. I, I began to drift from the Lord. I began to get more interested in fitting in with everybody. You know, young people do that middle school and high school kids really more about fitting in than standing out I was more interested in that than I was serving the Lord but God had to break me God broke my rebellion but due to my youth I needed some of the same I used some of the same excuses Jeremiah did I needed to be encouraged of his presence. I needed to know that he'd be with me, and he'd never leave me, and he'd never forsake me. And when I got deeper into his word, I found that to be true. And instead of just following the crowd, instead of just doing what everybody else did, God began to say, look, I've not, I've not molded you or built you or formed you to just follow around. I have, fo- I have molded you, created you, and I've ordained you to preach my word. You know what I needed? I needed to experience God as Adonai. I needed to see him more than just the creator. I needed to see him more than just the one who just gives us and provides for us. I needed to see him as the master and owner of everything. So God did some things to fulfill his role as Jeremiah's master and calm his fears. If you're here today and you say, man, I I just need to be encouraged, this part's for you. He gave him encouragement through assurance in verse 7 of chapter 1. After Jeremiah said, I can't do it, I'm too young, I know, here's what he said, the Lord said to me, do not say I'm a youth, for you shall go to all whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Wow. See, the Lord assured him that he would not have to rely on his own wisdom. The Lord would give him direction, the Lord would give him supply, the Lord would give him the words he needed to speak. He said, you can trust me, Jeremiah. He also gave him deliverance through presence, verses 8, 9, and 10. He said, Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Boy, I've had to remember that a lot. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I put my words in your mouth. See, I have set this day you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root up, and to pull down, to destroy and throw down, to build and to plant. He said, I have brought you and ordained you and touched you and called you to be an agent of change through the word of God. God promised Jeremiah of his own personal presence in the midst of all of his critics. And then he gave him victory through vision. Verse 17 of chapter 1. Therefore prepare yourself and arise and speak to them all that I command you. Do not be dismayed before their faces lest I dismay you before them. For behold, I have made you this day a fortified city, an iron pillar and bronze walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah and its princes and its priests and against all the people of the land. They will fight against you, but they will not prevail against you, for I am with you, says the Lord, to deliver you. What God did? God gave his servant a vision for success. You know what he told him? No matter how they come after you, I'm not going to leave you. Do you need to know that today? I need to know that today. I I don't know what your week's been like, but I know what mine's been like. It's been one rough week, but can I tell you this? He's still Lord. He's still Lord. You know what? This week might get rougher, but he's still going to be Lord. You know, we don't know what's going to happen Tuesday night. We don't know what's going to happen Wednesday. We don't know what's going to happen Thursday. We don't know if this thing will even be resolved this week, this month. We don't know what kind of policies. We don't know what kind of politics. We don't know what kind of stuff could happen in the coming days. But you know what? Not one bit of it will ever catch our Lord by surprise. <laughs> you say, okay, Brent, give me these portraits now. How can I know if I personally am acknowledging God as Adonai? How can I know if I am acknowledging him as owner not just creator, not just the one who blesses me and provides for me, but the one who's all up in my business and directing my life. I learned this from Ken Hemphill, and I'm going to share them with you right here quickly, and then we're done. Here's how you can know if he's truly Adonai, and owner of your life. The first way you can know is if you have acknowledged yourself as a servant of God under his authority. Those who... Know God as Adonai, understand that God is the owner of not some, not part, but all, and they are merely stewards who have been declared worthy by him to serve. Now look here, here's a good thing. When you acknowledge him as Adonai, he declares you worthy to serve him. Amen? I'll never forget the first Friday night I put on that red and black jersey. David, you remember that? You remember your first Friday night? Woo, baby, I'm telling you. The band was playing Eye of the Tiger. Everybody was screaming. Nobody had a mask on. There was no social distancing. They were crammed in the old football stadium. That place was a-rocking. The lights were on. The band was playing. All these little kids were lined up in the victory line. And, man, we ran through that. I'll never forget what that felt like. And when I hear the band play right now, you know what, Vardy? There's still that churning in my gut that there's no ability anymore, but there's still the desire. <laughs> Woo! I'm telling you, I thought one time, I thought, man, I could probably go three plays. I don't know. Man. Golly. But it meant something to me that I had went through really rough stuff to be able to wear that red and black. To be able to put that helmet on with that tiger pole on the side, I had paid a heavy price to get there. It meant something to be declared worthy to put on that jersey. Oh, but listen to me, that pales in comparison to what it's gonna be like when we're welcomed into glory. I don't know about y'all, I'm ready. Amen. I'm ready. I'm more ready than I've ever been. Look, it's what it's going to be like when we're welcomed into glory. Can you imagine what that band's going to sound like? dun da da. And we're going to be welcomed because we've been declared worthy through the blood of Jesus Christ. Wow. I'm going to move this out of the way and let my hair down. That fires me up. But that's one way you can know if you've really acknowledged him as Adonai. But I'm going to give you two more because I don't want you to go away feeling cheated, all right? Here's another one. If you've acknowledged him as Adonai, owner of everything, you understand that your master can supply all your needs and that he is the only one who provides supernatural empowerment that enables you to serve God effectively. Look here. If you go out of here today and say, you know what, I'm pretty rough, I'm pretty tough, and I'm all the stuff, and I'm hard to bluff, right? And I can just serve God because I'm strong, I can do it. Let me tell you, by tomorrow morning, by about 9 o'clock, you're going to find out real quick, you ain't enough by yourself. You cannot do it. You need him supernaturally through the working of the Holy Spirit that indwells every believer to enable you and empower you to serve him. You can't do it by yourself. We want all fall flat on our face. We need God in charge of this thing. And then there's a third one. The third reason and third way you can know if he's really out or not, owner of your life, is that you realize that you can do whatever he calls you to do. I like that. See, when he's out and out, you realize, I can do whatever he calls me to do, not because I'm strong, but because I'm weak. Not because I'm gifted, because I'm not. But I can do it because he said so. And he provides the strength, He provides the resources and he provides everything we need to accomplish his purpose. Now, let me leave you with this, okay? There's a few phrases I've heard over the years and I bet you heard them too. Is anybody new to the Baptist Church? Everybody been around the Baptist Church a long time? If you're new to the Baptist Church, it's okay. Don't be afraid. We ain't gonna call you out. We will not baptize you on the spot. We just wanna... Okay, just... Well, good. Y'all, Most of y'all are not new to the Baptist church. So some of this stuff I'm going to say to you, you're going to say, yep, I heard that. Here's some phrases I've heard before. We can't do that. Y'all ever heard that in the Baptist church? Um, i done it. We ain't never done it that way before. See, there's that bad language again, right? Double negative. Okay? We, ain't, right, we ain't never done it that way before. Y'all, Baptist church, yeah. And here's one that, when I was a younger pastor, he says say this to me a lot. Preacher, you just going to have to understand how we do things around here. <laughs> y'all can imagine I didn't do so well, everybody. <laughs> all right, here, here's the thing. Um, now, you heard all through those statements, right? We can't do this. We ain't never done it this way before. And, preacher, you're going to have to understand how we do things around Did y'all notice there was a common word in all through those verses? We. <laughs> I mean, he had to say before that's not going to happen in my church or our church whatever and, and you know and the reason a lot of times is things don't happen that god wants to happen because it's, it's yours and not his it can't be yours it's got to be his okay so the we all right go let me get back to that i'm done the we no we can't do No, you ain't never done it that way before, but he might want you to do different than you've ever done before because he is Adonai. He's the owner. And, and, you know, the one person, the preacher, you know, you're going to have to understand how we do things. You know what I have to understand as a pastor? I want you to know this. I love and respect every one of you more than you will ever know. I have deep respect for everybody in this building, everybody in our church family. I have deep respect for... The body of Christ as a whole. But can I tell you that my number one passion, driving force, and accountability is not how we or you have done things before, but it's how God wants to do things today and tomorrow. And it's what he says to do, not what we say to do, that will matter in judgment. See, that judgment word, it's really driving me more and more the older I get because I know I'm closer. Amen. <laughs> really gets my attention because here's the thing when we acknowledge him as Adonai you know what he'll do he'll change you he'll change your family he'll change this church he'll help us influence and impact the community with the gospel of Jesus Christ like never before and he'll get glory for it all and he might just use you to be a spark that helps change You know, we're all getting the stuff, get out to vote, and you should. Don't ever hear me, you'll never hear me minimize that. But let me tell you, I have a candidate to present to you that doesn't need your vote. He's already pretty awesome. He's in charge. And I just read about him. He's creator and Lord of all. I would ask you not to cast your vote for him, cast everything you have on him. First Peter says you can cast all your care on him for he cares for you. So no, he's not a candidate for office. He's Christ in you. The hope of glory. He's the Lord of all creation and he loves you and he wants to direct your life. Pray with me. Father, in Jesus' name, I want to thank you for your word today I want to thank you for how you've helped me today Lord how you've encouraged my heart to remember that you're in charge Lord I'm sure that every person in this room has been challenged in some way or at some level this week to disregard the fact that you are owner and not just creator We've all been challenged to try to take the reins of our life and do things the way we've always done it, do things the way we think only we can do it without your intervention. But Lord, I believe in the days ahead throughout all that we've experienced in these past seven and a half months. Lord, nothing has caught you by surprise because you're not just creator, you're owner. Nothing is taking you by surprise, and you know the truth behind all of the the talk. You know what's really going on. You know the things that are hidden to us are completely revealed to you. Nothing on the sun's hidden. But God, we commit ourselves, we commit this church, we commit everything we have to your lordship, your ownership, because, Father, apart from you owning this church, Your people. Lord, we're merely just spectators at a religious ceremony. When you've called us to be active participants in the worship and service of a holy God, that's where we desire to be. God, give us grace through this week. Remind us to trust you and regardless of what happens in the coming days, may we always remember that you're still Lord we give you praise right now, not just for what you do, but for simply who you are. We pray it in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, I want you to look this way just a moment or two, and you just just, just uh, remain in an attitude of prayer, if you would, just with our heads bowed, just for a moment. And, and If you would, Miss, uh, Miss Terry, would you just hit a few? maybe you have a need today. You just want to find a place to pray. We haven't been able to do this much because of what we've been dealing with. But I'll tell you, I'm deeply concerned about our country. And I'm deeply concerned about people. But I want to ask you to do something today just just by acknowledgement. I don't normally do this, but just so I can pray for you. If you'd just say today, you know, Pastor, I've got a... I've got a need, maybe just known to God. And I just appreciate when you pray today, if you'd call me out. You might say, you don't know my name or whatever. I, I may not. That's okay. But I know where you're sitting, and I know and God does. I can still call you out. If you'd be here today, every head's bowed, every eye's closed, and you'd just say. Preacher, I, I just got some burdens. I got some needs. Would you just remember me when you pray? Would you just lift a hand today and say, hey, just pray for me, Pastor. Anybody, God bless you. God bless those hands. God bless those hands. Any others. God bless your hands, sister. God bless those hands. Nobody's looking at you. and I'm I don't, I just want to pray for you. I want come to you. God bless you, sir. Cause I just got some needs. And man, because I tell you, as a pastor, it's burdened me. I've, I've spent my whole ministry calling people to come together. And this pandemic's done everything to drive us apart. We can't control it. We can't fix it, but God can. But in the meantime, I'm doing that. I want you to know today, if you lifted a hand, I'm going to call you out before the Lord. And if for some reason my mind fails me, God saw you. And as I call out before God for those hands, God knows you. God knows your burden. He knows your heart. And he wants to meet you at the point of your need. Well, our heads bowed eyes closed I'd ask you I'm not ashamed to ask you I really need you to pray for me and my family this week we've had some major challenges this week and there's many more ahead and um, I need Adonai to direct my steps and I would ask you to pray for that if you would it would mean so much to me if when you pray you just call us out I believe that when God's people pray it moves the heart and hand of God and I want you to know I'm doing the same for you Father you saw these hands today and Father I I don't even pretend that I know even one need but Father you know every need and Father I just pray God whatever's going on out Dear God, that you would just help them. God, that you would supernaturally show up. And that God, when you provide answers and you provide direction, that they'll be able to remember this moment. I said, yes, I lifted my hand and I acknowledged that I had a need. And God, you've moved on my behalf. Lord, I pray you'd bring that to their memory when you answer their prayer. When you show up, in their situation, their circumstance. God, we need a mighty moving of your Holy Spirit across this land. And Lord, I'm persuaded to believe that it's going to begin in the hearts of people and in churches and in insignificant places, out of the, off the beaten path towns and churches. God, I just really believe that. We see a lot of chaos in our big cities. of crime a lot of hurt God just use people like us just believe you enough to call on you and believe you'll do what you say you do and God help it spark and start within us and may it spread like fire across your body May it make a difference for your glory. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Thank you, God. God bless you. Thank you. Hey, before we dismiss, guys, y'all look this way for a minute. Um, um Do remember this coming week. I told you several things. To remember of Operation Christmas Child. If you want to get devotional the books, they're in the welcome center. Offering buckets are at both doors, and you can still use the online apps, whichever you prefer. Uh, don't forget those things keep up with us this week uh, Wednesday now keep in mind we'll, I'll be here with the students at 6 so uh, for the student ministry thing so we won't have a uh, I'll probably do a re- something recorded uh, f- and put on our social media pages to keep you up up through the week so don't uh, feel like if you sign on online it, you know I slept through it or something like that because I, I hadn't slept much lately anyhow so what no danger of that but uh, do pray for our student ministry night encourage young people to be a part of that and encourage them because i'm telling you if there's one thing young people need they need to know somebody loves them and you would be surprised i i, I had someone this week share something with me that you know that i disagree with them about the way our, i just feel like our i just feel like our schools and our teachers and our 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 support staff and our administration and our our, our nutrition program